The NBA playoffs are two weeks away, and the culture loses a real one. It's a cipher. So before we get into anything NBA related, RIP Nipsey Hussle. This was an artist, a talented young man who he kept his word. He invested back in his own community. He was just coming into his own as an artist. And he was shot and killed this past Sunday at age 33. He was a father, a son, a brother, and he was loved by his community. R.I.P. Nipsey. With the NBA playoffs less than two weeks away, teams in each conference are still battling out for playoff seedings. Golden State blew out the Denver Nuggets last night to take a two-game lead, and it looks like the Warriors are going to hold on to that number one seed. I've been a fan of the Denver Nuggets going back to last season. You can see the growth, you can see the talent, and you can see the potential just when you look at their two best players. When you look at Jokic, when you look at Murray, they've got a great wing player. He's a streaky shooter, but his talent, his continued development are key. When I look at Jokic, easily he could be a top 10 player. He's not there yet because I still think he needs to work on himself. I think he needs to work on the defensive end a little bit better and on offense as talented and as gifted as he is with being able to go outside or work from the elbow or the deep post, he doesn't have that killer instinct. Jokic defers way too much offensively, and he's their best player. Until he and Murray, along with the rest of that young core, become a little bit mentally tougher, understand the grind and embrace it, Denver will be a playoff team, but they're not a legit title contender. I know they're the second seed in the West, but I don't think they're going to get beyond the second round. At best, they win a first round series. And if they lose a first round series, it wouldn't shock me just because they seem like they're just not ready for this. And that's the key. When you're heading into the playoffs, this goes for all playoff contenders, more importantly, title contenders, how you finish. The habits you develop, what you take into the postseason, the identity that your team establishes, that matters. Golden State for the month of March went nine and five. A winning record, but not overly impressive. And the problem is clear. Defensively, Golden State just isn't the same team that it's been the last couple of seasons. And offensively, yes, they have tons of firepower when you look at Steph, Clay, KD, Boogie. You've got Draymond doing a little bit of everything. The problem is they're streaky at times because they turn the ball over so often. And and let's be clear. They're the two-time champs on the verge of trying to go for this three-peat. But during this run, if they've always had a flaw, if they've always had a weakness, it's their high turnover rate. But what they could rely on, even when they turn the ball over at a high rate, was that defensively, They can lock you down. They can actually turn you over and score off of your turnovers. And they're not that kind of team right now. But I think they're trying to develop that kind of cohesion. They're trying to hit that switch that people often bring up, that there's a switch you can flip. 
I don't think that's there. I'm actually one of those people that while I respect the Warriors and I acknowledge they're the clear favorite to three Pete, there's something that just when I look at them, there's something that tells me if you're saying them versus the field, I'm taking the field. I, I just think there's there's a component that's missing and maybe it's the depth. When you get past that top heavy starting five. Yes, Iguodal and Livingston are both proven vets and they've been critical during this championship run. But Iguodala is 35 on creaky knees, not quite the athlete or the defender that he had been. Same for Livingston, who's always been a mid post player. Now, he doesn't shoot from distance. Everything he does is from the elbow in and he's not quite as quick or as athletic. And their production has gone down. And don't get me wrong. I know they're both veterans and what they do in a regular season. That doesn't bear on what they might do in the playoffs because they don't play for numbers. They don't play for stats. I just think when you look at them and they're your two best players coming off the bench, that would give me cause for pause because they're the two best players on a bench that has no firepower. The Warriors leading scorers off the bench are Kevin Looney, Jonas Jarebko, and Quinn Cook, and all of them average six points a game. They don't have one guy coming off their bench that can just get buckets. And when you're top heavy, and if, say, you have a minor injury or someone gets into foul trouble or maybe two guys have an off game and there's nothing coming off the bench in terms of firepower, I think that's a problem. For Golden State to three-peat, Iguodala and Livingston are going to have to turn back the clock a little bit. And they're going to have to lead that group that includes Looney, Jones, Jarebko, and Quinn Cook and Alfonso McKinney and make them more impactful than they've been over the course of the regular season. When you talk about finishing kicks, look at the Oklahoma City Thunder and how they finished up. Oklahoma City went 6-10 and in the month of March. There was a time when the Thunder were on the verge of becoming the third seed in the West, and they've just folded. And they've got much more star power than, say, a team like the Clippers, who went 13-2 and in the month of March. Actually, that's the best record in the league in the month of March. But this is about the Thunder. This is about Paul George and Russell Westbrook, two legitimate all-star slash superstar talents in what they've done. With five games left in their regular season, actually four now after last night, the Thunder are fighting the Spurs to see which team ends up going up against the Warriors, going up against the two-time champs. And as a fan of the game, I actually want to see the Warriors and Thunder meet in the first round. Because even though the Thunder has struggled since the All-Star break, I think they have the talent to give Golden State a great series. I think they have the talent, the physicality, and athleticism to cause Golden State some problems. Their ability to pound the glass on offense and turn Golden State over on defense. And again, it's no secret. Golden State is a high turnover team. I think we'll make that a tough series. I think that's a six or seven game series. And look, defensively, like I said, the Warriors aren't no aren't aren't what they used to be. Both of these teams are top heavy. So when you think of some of the matchups, Steph and Clay versus Russ and Schroeder. Cousins versus Adams, PG-13 versus KD. Sign me up for that. 
as a basketball fan, sign me up. That matchup, that might be one of the best matchups, not just in the first round, but in the entire playoffs. OKC obviously needs to build some momentum heading into the playoffs because of their struggles. And I thought last night, during an emotional performance by Russell Westbrook that saw him go for 20, 20, and 21. He's only the second player to do that in NBA history. And if you know anything about basketball, obviously the first player to do that is Wilt Chamberlain because Wilt Chamberlain is basically attached to every NBA record ever begins and ends with Wilt Chamberlain. Let me say that again. Russell Westbrook went for 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 21 assists. What I don't understand is how so many critics attack Russell Westbrook and tell you what he doesn't do, tell you what he isn't, points out his flaws. This is me. He's about to average a triple-double for the third season in a row. Think about that. That's three years in a row Russ has accomplished And before he did it for the first time in 2016, the last player to average a triple-double for a season was the Big O, Oscar Robertson. That was back in 1961-62. That's crazy. Russ has done it three years in a row. Salute to Russ. I'm one of his biggest fans. If someone poses the question, can Russell Westbrook be on a title-winning team? Absolutely. There's no question. Russ never cheats you. You get 100%. His effort, his passion, his competitive nature, his will to win. Who wouldn't want that on their team? Not to mention he might be the greatest athlete in NBA history. He's that explosive. He's in year 10 and he's just as explosive as he was seasons ago. Just a freakishly gifted athlete. But the critics will tell you, well, he's not a good shooter and he makes bad decisions. He has. And maybe I'll admit to this. Maybe his biggest strengths at time can be a weakness. Look, Russ is next level confident. He believes the next shot is always going in. If he has a flaw, in my opinion, it's that Russ at times plays the game like he's a shooter and he's not a shooter. He's a scorer. He's a slasher. The strength of Russell Westbrook's game is is his ability to attack the basket, to get to the foul line, to put your team in the penalty, and to get your perimeter players in foul trouble. That's just his gift. His nonstop, never give up, never say die mentality, combined with that freakish athleticism, makes him special. At the same time, though, he's not a great shooter. He's never been a great shooter. If I could tweak what Russ does, I would take him off ball maybe the last five or six minutes of games and have somebody else run the offense, have a better decision maker run the offense. What a lot of people forget is when Russ, KD, Harden, Ibaka, and all those guys were together and they made that run to the finals when they were all 22 and under, their best decision maker was James Harden. Harden was a naturally better point guard than Russ. And when they put Russ off ball, he was just as effective. 
Now, I don't know if this team is built for that because they have Dennis Schroeder, who's more of a shoot first point guard himself. But if the Thunder, even in the eighth spot, and I know it's daunting, they're talk, they're taking on the Warriors. And, and you just look, you see a one versus an eighth seed. Hey, nine times out of 10, the one wins. But Oklahoma City is a unique one, a unique eighth seed. If they end up in the eighth spot, remember, they're tied with the Spurs right now. But the Spurs own the tiebreaker. Again, I want this matchup. I want the Dubs versus the Thunder. I actually think this is going to be one of the great series if it happens. Before Oklahoma City to max out and push Golden State, maybe even scare them in a six or seven game series. Russ has got to be. He's got to be more deliberate and he's got to pick his spots in terms of taking shots and his decision making. What you know from the gate is he has the athleticism and the quickness and the physicality to put Steph on his heels. The difference between the two, though, not just Steph's an incredible shooter, is that Steph picks and chooses his spots. And Steph always plays under control. Steph plays at his pace. Russ has got to make Steph play faster. He's got to get into him. And he's got to use his superior athleticism to make Steph work. I'm I'm not saying Russell Westbrook is the perfect basketball player. But I will say this. If If you're an athlete or a competitor, how could you not want this guy on your team? All those critics that say they wouldn't want Westbrook and say that he's overrated. I'm going to say it again. This will be the third year he's averaged a triple-double. And the last guy to do it did it in 1961 and 62. And he's considered one of the all-time greats. If it was easy, it would have been done many times. If it was easy, as great as LeBron James is, he would have done it. He's never done it. People love Giannis. As great as the Greek freak is, he's never done it. Magic Johnson is my favorite player of all time. He's never done it. Michael Jordan, many consider the GOAT. Mike's never done it as well. So let's not slight Russell Westbrook on a historic accomplishment. And he's done it three years in a row. He's setting out his own legacy. Look, there's no question that right now today, Russell Westbrook is a Hall of Famer. The question to Russ is, can Russ be the best player on a title winning team? And if I'm being honest, I don't know. I honestly don't know. My gut feeling is he absolutely can be the second best player or he can help you win a title. But he might need to take a step back in order for OKC to take a step forward. But just so we know, we're talking about an eight time all star. 2017 MVP. He's a two-time All-Star MVP, two-time All-NBA first team, five-time All-NBA second team. He was a scoring champ in 2015 and 2017. He led the league in assists in 2018. And then there's those, there those three years in a row with triple doubles. Russell Westbrook is a unique and amazing talent. And he's the one player in the league that never cheats you. He has his flaws, but what player doesn't? All I'm saying is this. If you're going to pay money to go to a sporting event, Russell Westbrook, in him, you get more than your money's worth. It's the cipher.
Looking for a true threat to Golden State? Look no further than the Houston Rockets. Two dominant pick and roll players, James Harden, CP3. A third option in Eric Gordon that can shoot the three, put the ball on the deck. You've got Clint Capella. You've got Kenneth Fareed. Two bigs who run the floor, finish at the rim, and both can protect the rim, and they're both excellent rebounders. The Rockets have the depth and the firepower to match up perfectly with the Warriors, and it would be a clash of styles, just like it was last year. The Warriors are all about ball movement, and the Rockets are the ultimate ISO team. They're going to put the ball in Chris Paul's hand, and they're going to put the ball in James Harden's hand, and they're going to let James Harden pound the rock. And he's going to either create an opportunity for himself or he's going to put your guy on skates and create an opportunity for a teammate. Maybe one of his most underrated talents is James Harden has always been a terrific passer. I know we talk about the scoring and all the 50 point games, but James Harden, he's got incredible court vision. When you factor in what he and CP3 can do as individual talents and how they open up the floor and space things for the rest of their teammates, when you look at the Rockets' depth and their size, I'm not saying Houston will beat Golden State, but if they're going to face another true challenge like they did last year, it's going to come from a healthy Houston Rockets team. When you look at the rest of the Western Conference, it's the same story as it was last season. Denver's not ready. They're young, not ready. When you look at the Portland Blazers, when you look at them, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCullough, Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic is gone for the season. So in his place comes Ennis Cantor. And Cantor and Nurkic have similar skill sets, but Nurkic is a much better and more balanced player because he's actually a solid rim protector and he's a bigger body. But what Cantor can do and what he's done over the course of his career the guy can pound the offensive glass like nobody else. He's just, a, he's just a natural ball magnet when it comes to rebounding. And I know it seems like he's been in the league forever, but Cantor's still only 26 years old. I think Cantor's going to put up big numbers. I think he's going to help the Blazers. But if Nurkic didn't get hurt, nothing would change for me. Portland just doesn't have enough firepower. They're not built to go on a deep playoff run. As gifted and as special player as Dame is, and CJ's a nice, solid sidekick to him, they just don't have that third option that can get you buckets. And when you look at their bench depth, they're all good rotation players, but there's nobody special off that bench. There's no unique talent that can get buckets if Dame or CJ struggle. For the Blazers to win a series, both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum have to be special every single game. And that's a challenge in the playoffs when teams can lock in, when teams can double your players and force the ball in the hands of guys who aren't used to trying to make buckets. Until they add a third option, and it's got to be a perimeter player, by the way. It's got to be a perimeter. It's got to be a wing player. It's got to be somebody that can create their own shot and create offense for others. Until that happens, I think the Portland Trailblazers will always be a team that makes the playoffs, they'll win 50 games in a regular season, make the playoffs, and they're going to lose in the first round. And maybe a big season for them is they'll lose in the second round. And this isn't me not, not appreciating what they've accomplished or what Damian Lillard means as an individual talent because he's one of my favorites. 
I'm just looking at this overall and they just don't have it. They're not there yet. They're one player away from being a title contender. And there's a difference between being a playoff contender and a title contender. The Blazers are playoff contenders. In the Eastern Conference, I think the picture is clearer. I think it's the Milwaukee Bucks. I think it's the Raptors. And then there's everybody else. Obviously, the dark horse, the team that nobody can figure out, are the Boston Celtics. Boston went eight and seven in the month of March. We're getting ready to go into the playoffs. They're a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, game seven of the conference finals. And they're also a team that doesn't have an identity. They still haven't developed an identity. There's not a they're not working as a unit. When you watch the Celtics play, they're Jekyll and Hyde. One game they play as a unit, the next game as a bunch of individuals. And there's just there's just no natural chemistry there. And there seems to be a rift between their best player, Kyrie Irving, and their coach, Brad Stevens. And until they solve that problem or that riddle, I don't think the Celtics are going to go on a deep playoff run. I do think they'll win a first round series. But unless something drastically changes, I think their season is going to be over in the second round. I'm looking forward to getting into Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's resume for GOAT in the next cipher. One more thing. This week was kind of interesting, fam. So you know about the anchor community and how all the podcasters come on there and everybody usually wants to self-promote and talk about their shows. And I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. But this week was different because they there was talk that the page was going to be shut down. And suddenly people started talking about, let's follow each other. Let's support each other. And that's a good thing. It's just strange that it took something like that for everybody to realize, like, you know what? There's a lot of ways you can show support. And one of them is something as simple as just favoriting another podcaster's show. And so everybody's doing that. I'm not I can't remember who came up with the idea. I think it was Jay. And it might have been another guy named um, D. Washington, but I'm all on board on that. I say, you know what? Let's support each other. But I'll take it to another notch for all the anchor fam. I'm going to favorite your shows. And my mission is to listen to everybody's shows. As long as you don't say anything offensive or, or anything that's disrespectful to anybody or, or, or just something out of pocket. I can listen to your content. And even if it's not in my bag. I'm going to listen to what you have to say and find out if it's something of interest to me that I can come back and go, you know what? I'll listen to that again. But I'm all for us all sitting at the same table. It's a big enough table. We can all eat. There's no reason we can't show some love out there for each other and support each other. Whether you listen to the cypher or not, the fact that some people have taken the time to favorite it. I appreciate that. Um, My mission is my mission. So like I said, I will listen to everybody's show that I favorited. And a few of y'all, I'm coming back and I'm going to listen to them over and over and over. That's just me. So until next week, until next time, till the next cypher. One more time. R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle. It's the cypher. I'm going to leave y'all with this. <laughs>